Brenner, you're supposed to remind me to press the record button. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ, the big guy. Hey, it is Russ, the big guy, and we are back with another exciting episode of Going Boldly. In the studio with me today is my part-time co-host, full-time daughter, Brenna. Howdy. And uh, we have an amazing guest today. Uh, I stay up late. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of action going on over in Australia. And I seem to have made a lot of contacts over there. I guess the time difference must help that, right? So today our guest is Jules Dan. He's an entrepreneur. He is the host of uh, Storytelling Secrets. It's a podcast. He turns emails into cash. He's a self-described email copywriting wizard. But that's not all. He's so much more, and we're going to find out more right now. Welcome, Jules. Russ, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So I'm very, uh, very pleased that we've we've met. I love your energy. I love, you know, as a young guy that you realized that you could make a pivot in your career. Uh, some people are, you know, scared to do that. And I hope you'll tell us a little bit about that and uh, why you decided that writing, and I want to th- and I want to find out why you chose the copywriting as a way to go. So you must have been creative or maybe you were an English major or something like that. I don't know. So so take us back a little bit and yep. uh, back to, I don't know, maybe back to the YMCA. Were you in there? Oh, back to the YMCA. You were working All out right. one day and uh, and somebody said, wow, we need, a, we need a fitness instructor in here. Are you up for this or what? How did that happen? Well, that was kind of how it happened. So... Uh, my path originally was going to be a strength and conditioning coach. I was fully into that when I was, as soon as I was 18, discovered the gym and I really liked it and and uh, just wanted to join uh, as being part of the gym. I thought, man, training people for a living, this would be awesome. And that's what I did. Um, I impressed the boss there. He offered me a job. I was yeah. cleaning dishes at a salmon shop before that. Can you imagine that stinky wait, salmon at a pants sa- before wait, that? Wait, a salmon shop is a thing? What is the, Wait, what is well, that? Well, like a salmon deli, basically. Oh. It's okay. like a deli that sells salmon. And I was oh. in the back <laughs> washing dishes and I was stuck. I'm like, I really yeah. need something better. So I yeah. put my eyes forward on this uh, gig as a gym instructor, uh, managed to just win that over and started doing that for about five years, doing classes, doing personal training. I did it. I did an undergrad in exercise and sports science. I was all in. I was going to be doing it. Yeah. But I also saw how limited I was with trading time for money, doing one-on-one or even just group work. And I wanted to uh, move more online and, and do that sort of thing. I kind of dabbled doing a personal brand uh, with biohacking and keeping fit and well. And I quickly discovered that it was a lot more on the surface, you know, people want to change their health, but underneath there's a lot more, you got to really be their therapist, so to speak. Yeah. And that wasn't for me, uh, but I did enjoy the marketing a lot. And I thought that was super cool. I got some results for say like Facebook ads and stuff. I'm like, I want to do this with clients myself and help you with them, their marketing. And I was doing this on the side while training clients at the gym and then uh, prospects at the cafes and restaurants and stuff trying to do, this chatbot stuff when chatbots were huge in 20, 2017, 2018. And, you know, I, I had a bit of results doing some lead gen stuff for them, some competitions, but 
I didn't get that good of results. Like yeah. I got something, but yeah. but I, I kind of got my feet wet in marketing that way. But I knew that was a path re- re- I really wanted to go. Well, it's interesting. And, you know, it, yeah. if I, let me jump jump in there real quick because yeah, it's kind of interesting what you mentioned. Um, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you weren't quite getting the results that you wanted, and and that happens to all of us, I think, at one point or another. We sort of get to a point where we need something new or a rethink or some sort of a tweak or gosh, I don't know, maybe even, um, maybe even a copywriting wizard (laughs) to jump in and sort of help us like get the next, uh, boost, you know, or kind of get the the next leap forward or, or a coach even, you know, something. Oh, exactly. And and that's the thing. Like I was, was floundering what looked like on the surface to my friends, my family, what is this guy doing? I made a bit of money, but I wasn't necessarily delivering heaps of results. I was buying into opportunities. It, it took a while for me to really find my feet until COVID really hit. I don't know if, if that's the oh. direction you want to go in the story, hey, but that's where it all started. We can go anywhere you want. We have plenty of time, and we and I'm great at editing. So <laughs> you, you just uh, you you say what's on your mind and. Uh, I try to make the interview a little bit different. I mean, every person who comes on here is expecting, you know, kind of the same old questions. And even asking you like that, look at the background, is kind of a regular question, you know. But that's something that's super important, I think, especially since our listeners are, you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs either. Maybe they haven't made the leap yet and they're still kind of like maybe you were in the beginning, just kind of like testing the waters or they're just out there and they're starting to get punched in the face. So it's kind of, it's good to know, you know, if they're the business owner that's listening right now has been working on a project, they thought that it was something they wanted to do, their, their, their family's asking them why they're wasting their time because they're not rich yet yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know, and that happens to everybody really. Um, I think there's a little bit of a misconception about that. I think that business owners think, especially new business owners, if you haven't been through this before or had a mentor or someone um, talk to you about it or listen to this podcast, because we mention it occasionally, our friends and family around us really are trying to protect us. I think for mm-hmm. most cases, that's true. And so they may come across negative or they may say, well, why don't you go get a job, you know, or whatever. So they don't quite have the entrepreneurial mindset necessarily where they'd say, yeah, it's tough right now. This is really bad or whatever, or what, how can you make this work for you? Or what could you do next? Or who could you talk to to, you know, where could you get help or whatever? You know, sometimes it's sort of like what they know and they know work. A lot of times they know working for someone else or they are getting a degree at college or something like that. Yeah, exactly. They've got a different paradigm. Yeah. And, um, what, you know, at that starting phase, no one really told me that you're in the discovery phase. Basically, yeah. you you're, haven't found what you're really good at and slash what you enjoy doing at the same time, so to speak, like a zone of genius. Definitely. And, yeah. And it's definitely hard when there's family members who are just like, who've been on a different path and that path has worked for them. And when your path isn't working, like you said, it makes sense for them to do that. Exactly. But I was 25 yeah. and I was stubborn and <laughs> I didn't want to listen to them when I kept pursuing and they were like, okay, yeah. this is, come on, like you're growing up now, you've got to do something with your life. Um, and then COVID hit, I was made redundant as a personal trainer because I had to shut the gyms down. Of course. And I had this little, I started doing emails on the side. Um, I moved from chatbots to email because I've just seen what's happened with 
all these social media slaps. I'm like, okay, the thing that's going to last the longest is email because it does. It's not controlled by some algorithm. Yeah, we, we own we own the media. Yeah, so I'm going to go down that road. Yeah, and I started doing a few weeks before I was made redundant. $5 an hour campaigns on Upwork just to get a bit of experience, get my feet wet. Oh, nice idea. And then idea. when COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. When that COVID hit. Thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah. But when COVID hit, um, you know, all leads kind of dried up. Uh, everyone went quiet and I was stuck in this negative house and the borders were, sh- were shutting. My girlfriend at the time um, was over in a neighboring city about 800 kilometers away. I don't know how many miles that is for your listeners. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's, a, it's a long walk. <laughs> yeah, but basically I had a choice of staying in this negative environment where they wanted a different path or I could put all my stuff in this car. I had 500 bucks, few leads on Upwork, that was it. And I knew I was going to get a little bit of a payout from that yeah. redundancy basically to keep, to keep me going. But that wasn't coming for at least a month. So I put all my stuff in my car, went into the neighboring city. The borders were shutting that night and I got hungry and I got to work and I just started getting a slightly better client and then a slightly better client. And I just read like crazy. Still kept, still kept, still t- took care of myself. I don't agree with Elon Musk, 100 hour weeks. Like that's just dumb. No. Like, you got to look no. after yourself first. Yeah, yeah. that's others. true. I remember when I was younger, I used to see Joe Frazier fight and, and my impression of him was that he'd put his, uh, just his head down and just plow forward kind of like a rhino. I was, I don't know if that's you know, accurate or not, but that was, that was my perception of it anyway. So I always kind of pictured myself as just sort of the, the boxer just bent forward, just slugging it away, just going forward, just taking the hits, just not stopping. And I did that a lot until <laughs> my, uh, my wife, I can think we were married at the time, but she's like one day I was like 10 o'clock at night and she says, are you going to be working until 10 every night? Cause I'd really like to see you here at home sometimes. So, you know, I kind of like I had to make a few changes there. And, uh, so things have happened over time where I've had to make some choices that uh, um, I found out in, in hindsight were great for my life. I made some changes as an adult starting about 28 years ago. I was, we had moved to another city. I had taken a job with a company. I worked there for about five years while we were getting settled in this new, in this new town. And we were taught, my wife and I were talking about having children. Um, and it was the worst job I've ever had in my life. It was like being sucked down into the abyss, dysfunctional, horrible, just na- just awful, awful place to, to live. And that was some things that happened there got me to start looking inward for answers and solutions rather than looking outside. So I went from chasing money, working, you know, working balls to the wall, blaming uh, anything that went wrong or challenges on other people or other things to looking inside myself and saying, what is it do I really want? Um, What can I do to do better? How can I change uh, myself to be more successful? You know, like you said, uh, you know, sort of like rethink the way I'm living my life. You know, I, I have a better handle on it now than I did then. It was just sort of the start of it. So 2020 hindsight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cliche, but it works yeah. a lot. <laughs> what is, uh, I've heard people say this, I, um, something about your, your message, your message. And then there's some other concepts about that too, is essentially, your you know, is it, your message. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that, that's the saying? Yeah. So it's like now yeah. in 2020 hindsight, I can look back and see the mess and, uh, not only can that be a message for other people, but it's certainly a, a, a very obvious message for myself. 
Yeah. Right? And can I just latch on to something yeah. that you just said there? Definitely. Because, oh, I see this on social media a lot and my mentor has drilled this lesson into me many, many times and some Zig Ziglar and it's people want to see your scars, not your bleeding wounds. Oh. And a lot of people reveal their wounds on social media during the crisis and it's a bit of a repellent because it, it's not necessarily like you've you've been able to help people through it's it's almost like a sympathy post yeah and they're not they're not the best sort of client attraction posts they're not the best for positioning they're just not good in general so i'm glad that you said that you you went through that whole thing yeah. and then after a few years you reflected on it and then you can help people being through that process because yeah. you know what the struggle has been like. Yeah, sure. And and the same with you, right? I mean, like this is like what you're talking about is like normal. I was going to say it's weird how COVID has been this catalyst or this catastrophe yeah. for people. Yeah. Um, and it's just the way you've, you like I, when it first happened, it was really uncertain, but then you, I, I try to focus on all the people who were doing well. I'm sure you're doing the same and got yeah. inspiration from that. Absolutely. To be like, this is an absolute bonanza, an opportunity to yeah to go ahead and do your thing online because everyone's shifting online. I don't right. know if you found the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was, the and the ironic part about it is that I was building sort of, I was building this business, but it was sort of um, a little bit different. And... I got about a year in, I would say, was started doing some speaking at conferences, workshops, and was building that up. Had quite a bit scheduled for 2020. Um, 2020 would have yeah. been a great transition year for me from my older, from a career I was doing before that into the new thing that I was starting. And COVID hit and basically <laughs> crushed everything here. Part of the reason I have a podcast yeah. going right now is one of the rooms that I used that had interns come in, like a co-working space, was not being used. And I thought, well, this is ridiculous. You know, what can I do? And uh, you, like me, are, you know, entrepreneurs are problem solvers and we're creative thinkers. And so I'm like, well, what can I do? Well, I've been wanting to do the podcast. Now let's just do it. So I turned the room into a podcast studio. Bought the equipment. Luckily, I could do that. Changed it all over and said, let's just make it simple, just audio this time, because I'd done it with video in the past, and it was always a bottleneck at the end trying to get everything done um, and published. And I said, let's just do audio. We'll keep it simple. We'll get them going. And then down the road, we can, you know, we can reevaluate, zigzag, whatever. Yeah. But it, it taught us a few lessons as well. Which it I sure like. did. So go ahead. Yeah. And uh, enough about me. Let's get back to you. Well, I was up to the story of how I just got to Adelaide yeah. and I had to make, am I allowed to swear on this ha podcast, by the way? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I had to make <laughs> shit happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's put it simply. Yeah. Um, you, your back was to and, the wall. Yeah. Um, so that little package, severance package, so to speak, was coming, but didn't yeah. have a lot. Yeah. And... So I was doing slowly upgraded from $5 emails to $40 emails. Um, it's not a lot, but at the time I thought it was heaps because I hadn't earned an income online properly before. Yeah. And I used that money to, I wanted to really wow that, that, um, that client. It was an agency. I was new. I knew I was going to do semi-consistent work. And so I hired my digital mentor who I was listening to all these podcasts, applying all lessons and then getting great feedback. I'm like, great. This is the guy I want to go with. I'm going to invest in him. And price tag was a bit more than I thought. I thought, 
you know, I put invest in him now, going to get great results for this client. They're going to want me to continue working with them. So it will pay for itself. And it did. And that I was so happy with that. So every month I was, I was either break even or the next month I would get a little bit more profit and then just put it back into coaching. And then yeah. I, I was doing that and I'm still doing that now um, for the last 11 months or so, just getting slightly better client, slightly better client, posting on LinkedIn about the journey, revealing scars, not wounds. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and, I love that actually. Yeah. Yeah. And just getting a, a pretty good client from that. And then that opened a lot of doors from just referrals. Um, and then the podcast has helped as well because I was consistent with that. I've been doing that since December 2019. Yeah. And so all these little things have just put people into my world and I was able to get referrals, open up a few doors, continually in coaching, continually getting my work reviewed. And my work sucked at the start. It really sucked. And my mentor, Pete, was like, start again. Rip this up. Like, this is shit. Let's do this again. Sit down again and do it again. And uh, I had to just really bite the bullet and just continually get better, continually get better. And um, that's to this day, I'm still always trying to improve because. Well, yeah. And again, you're an entrepreneur. We we are very critical of our own progress and our and stuff that we make and produce, right? Because we're always looking to be better and. Yeah, that's just normal right there, what you're talking about. I think you're you're doing great, man. You know, you've got, I think a part of the success that you have is um, that you have great energy. You know, Ed Milet talks about this all the time. Uh, he is a very successful guy. He has his own podcast, too. He always talks about the energy, transferring energy. You know, you, you have to have the energy and transfer it when you're when you're interacting with somebody. So it's like even your emails and your copywriting has, a, has an energy to it. It's really interesting. I really like it, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's the 5 a.m. energy. I write those in the morning. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> morning ritual. Oh, Lord. That's too early for me. I go to bed at 5, 5.30 sometimes. Oh, really? I wake up, do a bit of stuff, Yeah. get my mind set, and then hit the keyboard at like 5.45. Wow. Still. Yeah. Well, like you said, that energy, though, I that, just want to comment on that. Yeah. Another great lesson my mentor taught me is use a negative emotion to drive you like anger or um, pissed off or jealous or yeah. it's not bad stuff. You can channel it towards something productive. And, and you, do you do that when you copyright? I did. Is that what you're um, saying? A lot of time I do that when I'm not in a place that I want to be. And I'm like, okay, got to move forward here. I'm not... I'm grateful for everything I have, yes, but something with, and even Robert Greene, the author of Four Eight Laws of Power, he talks about this as well, is like finding what pisses you off or what makes you angry and using that to as a drive to win. Give me give me an example of, you know, so maybe you don't have to give me the details of the negative, but some some kind of a negative thing, like how you would, how broke. you channel it. I was broke. Oh, okay. I was not living in a good area Yeah. Um, when I was in Adelaide. Um, I still wasn't. And, and a lot of my parents, was, yeah. it's that negative energy of my parents, I'll prove you wrong sort of thing. Um, oh. Does that still come up but when you sit down to write an email? Does that still come up when you create something? You still use that? Or is it something, or is it just when there's an obstacle? On obstacles, like Got it. there's a lot of work to do today, or I don't feel like doing it today, or, you know, there's that little, I'm sure you get that too, that chatter in your head that oh. just says, we I all don't do. feel like it. We all do. You definitely have the energy, that's for sure. Um, Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you've been pretty happy with the way it's been going so far. That's good. Exactly. Yeah. So, like I said, slightly better client, slightly better client, and yeah. 
Um, I'm not sure if, if, if what the direction of the conversation is, but I, I figured out there was uh, anywhere you want to go, brother. Yeah, there was um, like I created this guide as my very first lead magnet. I'm sure as the audience knows that we all need something to build our email list. Yeah, and most obvious thing I could find was all these mistakes that my clients were going through, and I put them together into in a PDF, um, and. They will really help people. If if you're just doing your own email list, you're just writing emails for yourself, this will just save you a lot of frustration of, you know, why did this not work or why is no one responding? Or All right. Do you have a list? No buying my stuff? Do you have a list of some ideas? I do, yes. All right. And i got some stories as well. I don't right. know how much time we have as well. So I, I can you be just, short, I can be long. You just do your thing. All right. Well. Go for it. In case, okay. So, so your, your audience is familiar with an email list and the Maybe. importance of it. Do, do I need to go over that? Yeah, you could give them a little primer on it because we may have some aspiring entrepreneurs who are who are new. They haven't uh, started a business yet, you know. Um, okay. a, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times, people have a skill or a passion, um, and or even just an idea, an impulse that they want to start a business doing something. But they're at the very beginning of it, and they don't know really anything about running a business yet, or they may know a little bit, and probably what they know is only the good stuff. Mm, you know, yes. so, and there's so much info out there and they're like, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And yeah. Like, and that's oh, another thing too. What do I do first? Information overload is just, it's mm. tough for me even. Yeah. And they're like, build a website, but a website takes at least 20, 30 hours to build something decent. If it works. Um, if it's yeah, even if any it works. So what my mentor suggests is that, okay, you build something called a landing page and you have what's called a lead magnet to build an email list. It's just one page. You offer something of value for a problem that would solve your ideal customers. Uh, you would solve an ideal customer's problem in exchange for an email address, and that way you can contact them further down the track and hopefully persuade them. Not hopefully, you will persuade them to buy later on the track. But they're not yeses. They're not take my money. They're like I'm kind of interested. Sure. Yeah. Let me give you my email address, and that's and the best part is that you you keep these email addresses for yourself. It's not like social media where Zuckerberg can kick you off. Or anything like that. It's yours. Email That's service right. provider shuts you down. You've got a list. You can go to another one. It's fine. Yeah. That's also why I like podcasts as well. It's ours. Yes. So it's, so it's really powerful. So if you were just starting out, I would 100% get a landing page. You could just Google how to set up landing page or opt-in page. That they would get lots of good results on that. Um, but then when it comes to say like people you have to communicate with people after they give you the email address. Okay. So I gave you that free guide. Now what? Now what do we do? What, now what do I talk about? Yeah. So the free guide, people- the free guide could be yeah. whatever it is in your industry. Right. So like, um, I have a free book, 10 essential superpowers. Every entrepreneur needs mm-hmm. to win the day. Do you use your, uh, five costly op-in email mistakes? Is that a free, is that your free yeah. list? Okay. Yeah, somebody yeah. else might have like if they were uh, uh well, we had a customer uh, um costume designer here so she you know she might have like a guide to like fabrics or different stitching or something or you know designers or something like that that has to do with her industry, right? So it would appeal to her potential customers. Exactly. And I guess it depends on B2B and B2C. Um and if you're a service-based business where you would do the work for them like a done for you. It can get a bit complicated with the strategy. Strategy, um, well, not complicated. It just it would go in different directions. Sure. But if you're doing a service like I am, where I do it for them, it would make sense for me to give them the information 
to do it themselves where they feel like, well, this is hard. Yeah. I want you to do it for me instead of just tiptoeing around what you should do. And then people are just left scratching their head thinking, what now? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, whereas other ones, it's like, you can't really give a complete picture because mm-hmm. you, you might be selling that information. But for me, it's a service. Well, ideally, I want to give them an end result. And if they can't do it, then I would fulfill it. And that's my whole strategy with the lead magnet. And so you collect the emails that way. Um, yep. So I have a love-hate relationship with emails. I've never done a very good job. Um, and, yep. Um, you know, just, oh gosh, I just haven't. Um, I actually started this past year to be more intentional about collecting the emails, but I don't really know how to use them effectively. To be honest, I hate getting emails from everybody. I get so many, every time I want to look at something or see what their free lead magnet is, I know I'm going to get an email, but, or even sometimes just on a website, they start sending me emails anyways, even if I didn't approve it. And I get just inundated with emails. And yeah, I want to explore this makes my life miserable. It's like, I got to spend so much time sorting through them. Yeah, so I want to explore this hesitation. So you're reluctant to send emails to your list because you don't want to be part of the people who annoy the crap out of you, basically. That's true. That's very true. Good observation. But, but are there email, other people on your list who you enjoy, like me? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do, actually. I actually read, what, I read some of your emails. I don't read all of yeah. them because I just don't have time to read everybody's very creative emails. But I'm like, you know, I don't have time to read all this stuff. Yep. Yeah, yep. I don't know. But your, but your hesitation to send to your list comes from, I don't want to be part of those spammy people. That's true. And that is a huge hesitation why people don't want to continually send emails. Yep. God forbid send more than one email per week. Jeez, that would be annoying. Oh, my but God. If you create intrigue, if you create entertainment and you can tie that in with some sort of value without being overly preachy, people read it. People will enjoy reading it because it is a breath of fresh air. So um, I would highly encourage you to just put your story, your life story into a short email, two to 250 words, Russ. Oh, boy. And and, and see how that goes. I'm going to need six or seven of those. To, to, there's going to be a six or seven part email. I don't think I can get it all in there. Oh, I just mean like day to day story, not like the life story. <laughs> oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Today I had this problem and <laughs> okay. blah, 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 blah. And it reminded me of, and you talk about your core teachings. Yeah. And that's like, that's, that's the structure. You know, uh, I like that. Yeah. I did an, I did an interview with Jesse Cole. He owns a Savannah, Savannah bananas and he has a, he has a, yeah yeah it's a crazy it's a baseball team I don't know sports that well Walt Disney and P.T. Barnum are a couple of his idols and so he wears a yellow tuxedo everywhere he goes he's a speaker he has a book and all this stuff but the, the, the point I wanted to make he does these one minute videos and he walks the the track around the outfield he is amazing at taking things that are happening or things that happen to him and connecting it to a lesson Right. And I think that's kind of like what you're talking about. And I and imagine that you probably can do it, too. I, You know, you're very creative with your emails. And like I said, you're one, you're one of the few that I actually read. <laughs> and uh, and so I think it's a real gift to be able to do that. And I'm not I'm not sure everybody can do it quite as well as you do. So is there a little formula or a little tip or something that would help people do that? My mentor taught me this triple S formula. And his oh. name is Pete Godfrey, by the way, if you want to go check out. Pete, he's a legend. Okay. Um, but he it's called story. So you bring up whatever's going on in that day. Then you would segue 
But here's the thing. It reminded me of, um, but anyway, this, but it, it taught me a lesson about like, these are just transitions. I'm spitballing. Oh, I see. Okay. And, gotcha. Yeah. So that's the segue, which is a transition. And then you would sell and the sell isn't always buy my stuff. Yeah. It could be, um, and it reminded me of, um, duh, 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 and then you might have a link to a blog post, a video, a PS. What do you think about X? Um, or it could be click this link to book a call, whatever it is. But so the structure is story about that everyday life segue. You actually got to tie it back into yeah. how it's related to whatever your objective is. And that objective is the pitch, the sell. Okay. Yeah. That's simple enough. I think people can, can uh, relate to that. It's pretty, pretty, they can understand that. But it is very easy as well, Russ, for people to go off on tangents. Yeah. So I used to do this a lot. So <laughs> I'm the king, I'm the king of tangents. So <laughs> yeah, and I, I was king of tangents when I was writing. It's not it's not hard for you to just start writing, and then 500 words later, you've got this email. You're like, oh great, that tells a story. Imagine the, the reader; they don't want to read your email. They don't want to watch your videos. They don't want to engage in your blog posts. Like they're distracted. Yeah. Stuff's flying around notifications you got to like keep bringing them back in get to the point as fast as you can without going off on side tangents that's harder to teach over audible over a podcast yeah but you'll see it though you'll see it when people go just just they tell a story and they'll go off on some side story talking about details and everything else <laughs> well i do that just in regular conversation i i happen to be somebody who loves details so whether i'm talking about myself or somebody else or something i've learned or observed i just like i don't know why i just like the details when i was a kid i used to we'd go into a museum or we'd be on vacation and we'd go to ripley's believe it or not or someplace like that i don't even know if they still yeah. have those I would read every single every single little sign, every uh, caption under every photo, every little plaque. Like I'd read everything, and my family'd be out outside waiting for me. <laughs> kind of, they'd be you at the door. Yeah, quarter of the way through, <laughs> they'd be at the door. I don't know why. I just when I was a kid, I used to read the encyclopedia. But I know it's weird, right? I wish to let it all. Stuck. I would do the same thing though. Really? Yeah, I'm endlessly f- curious and fascinating, like you. And, and like you, when I tell a story, I go into details in person. But email is just a different base because yeah. it's so distracting. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying uh, um, emails for you, are, is it e- are emails harder for you to stay focused then or easier? Oh, what I'm saying is that you just got to get to the point quicker and you can't, you don't have the luxury to explain details and go oh. on little tangents and bring people back. Whereas it with in person, like you said, you can do gestures, you can do body language, you okay. can... Yeah, you can raise your voice just to suck sure. people back into the story. That's yeah. the thing. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense very much so. Oh, man, that's really cool. Well, you've given us some good stuff here. How much creativity do you think people need to be using? Or is there some other skill or something else they could call upon to help them with a triple S idea? If someone is labeling themselves already, now, whether it's true or not, if they think they're not creative. Always, I have a folder on my phone, and it's called email ideas. And throughout the day, see, I don't just sit at the keyboard and look at a blank screen. Like, I'm going to write about this today. That would be too hard. Yeah, for sure. So I'm always looking for little things that I can maybe connect to an idea to what I'm teaching about. I'll give you a bit of a crude example, but I was at the urinal the other day and I saw this chewing gum in there. I'm like, who the hell would spit that in there? That's just disgusting. But then it reminded me that how humans just want the path of least resistance. Yeah. Um, so they'll just spit it in there. And then that's when I would talk about something about the path of least resistance and then how that relates to 
my story from the day. The other one was I was in the gym and I saw all these kids training and they were exactly like me and they were loud, they were obnoxious, they were just doing everything wrong um, and it's easier to, to, to judge them but we were all beginners once and we we're all just like that. And then that's my story. It's just like little random things throughout the day. So I don't forget, I put them in my story bank, so to speak, in yeah. a folder in my phone. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. So if you're digital, you know, put it on your iPad or right in your phone, keep a list. And then you go in there. So a morning comes, you check your list and whatever is appropriate for what's happening, like current events, or do you have something like, how do you decide well, which one you're going to write that day? I, that's actually a good. That's, so some of them are really fleshed out in your head. You're like, oh, this is a great bridge. Others, you kind of have to let it cook for a few days and be like, yeah, I, I wrote that and the bridge isn't that good. Um, but like you said, Russ, um, using the news is a great piece of fodder for your content. Okay. Um, not always tapping into COVID this and that, like that would be a bit excessive. I'm sure there are tons of little smaller news stories in your yeah. country, in your area that you can tap into and you can be like, oh, it reminded me of, or it was a great lesson about, and then yeah. that's how you were tied in. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it seems like maybe you could probably do this for social media posts too, especially if it was, uh, you know, if you're sharing um, a news story or you're sharing an article someone else wrote, it would save you the hassle of having to actually do the, create the actual content there, but you could connect it to, you could use your triple S idea and connect it to what you are offering. That is called news jacking. Okay. And it's a popular technique, but the problem is that people would just say, here's this article and that's it. Yeah. Instead of creating their own spin on it, like that is the key critical thing. And that's actually a good strategy. Like you said, finding a good news article that's trending and then creating your own triple S strategy around that. So it's actually... I find my, you? yeah, that's great. I find myself being lazy sometimes. It's a nice one. And I'll just put a couple words in there or whatever and just repost it. But at the same time, um, if there is someone that I'm uh, connected to, like on LinkedIn or whatever, and all they do is just share stuff that other people, you know, created, a lot of times I just like delete them. I'll see the same news story or the same meme or something multiple times. And if somebody is not connecting it to something of value to me, then it's just clogging up my feed. I don't know exactly what you're saying. So I'm, a, I, I'm guilty of doing it sometimes, although it's not... Uh... Here's something cool I found on LinkedIn, though. On the top-hand right of the homepage, I don't know if this is in the American one as well, it says what's trending. There's like new, news articles that shows how people have shared it. Yeah. Um, so it, it might not be a bad strategy because it's already curated there for you what is trending. Okay. You could just click on it, have a look what's going on. Is it actually relevant to your cause, to your objective? Um, that's the key, key thing. Is it actually relevant? Yeah. <laughs> um, can you bridge it without it being over the top? Like that is a real stretch. Um, or is it really, really silky smooth? Gotcha. Um, mm. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. If, well, you are a copywriter. I mean, you're a, uh, your uh, vocabulary even has just uh, it's got a nice uh, nice vibe to it. I don't think anybody said silky smooth on my podcast yet. I think you're the first one. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, all right. No, I just like I'm uh, I'm getting more attuned to actual words. I had a um, had a voiceover artist in here, and she's teaching people to give good voice. And I've been thinking a lot more about how I speak and how I communicate. And uh, I still talk too much about myself, but that's part of the reason why I have Brenna in here because she's she watches my back and she calls me out a lot of times. So yeah. if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. 
You still there, Brenna? I'm here. She's always lurking in the back. <laughs> Make sure we're recording. Fly on the wall. <laughs> so, Jules, I love some of the things that you've talked about today. That triple S, yeah, that's a good one. But that's a simple way for people to do that. Um, something you had mentioned earlier, I want our listeners to hear some of this stuff. So I try to unpack a few things. There's way more, obviously, but I just try to remember a few as we go along. One of them that you mentioned earlier was that you used Upwork to kind of get yourself started and get some experience. And boy, mm-hmm. that's just a brilliant, I, I mean, I just think that's brilliant. I'm past that really at this point, but I just think that for somebody new that's getting their feet wet, I mean, you could price it, price it accordingly just so you get work and you're getting a little cash flow and you're even getting practice and charging someone for your service. I just think that's brilliant. So I don't know if that was your, if you came up with that on your own or if it's just a common practice these days, I'm not sure. You know why that happened? Go ahead. Because I went down the route of help someone for free. And every single time I would do that, it, it was just like, it, because they don't pay, that would be f- super flaky. They wouldn't get back to you. It would take yes. ages to get it done. Oh my gosh. Yes. So long. Oh, yes. I, got, I did this like five times <clears throat> and just projects did not follow through. Oh my and gosh. I was super pissed because of that. Jules, I, in, my other, in my previous life, I can't tell you how many times I did a free logo for somebody or uh, design something for them, and they never used it. it. just pissed me off. <laughs> it's just one of the things I hated. Oh, I did a label for somebody for a product. They decided not to launch it. <laughs> I made them a yeah. free. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going down. Money the- is the medium of exchange. Oh, there's no gosh. exchange, so therefore there's yeah. no <clears throat> appreciation. Honest, uh, unfortunately, it's true. Uh, all right, back to back to some of your lessons for this podcast. People want to see your scars, not your bloody wounds, bloody and bleeding wounds. Now that wasn't yours, you said, but I've never that, that's Zig I've never heard it. I I haven't heard that one from Zig. Channel uh, <laughs> channel emotions, even the negative ones, and that's been recommended by other people. But yeah, you're right. Right down deep inside, man, it's like, damn it, I'm not gonna put up with this bull crap, and I'm gonna make this work. Or even just like. I don't care how much they throw, how much crap they throw at me today. I'm doing this today. I'm getting through the day, right? And I'm setting myself up for success for tomorrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah. that's the attitude sometimes you have to take. Yeah. That's right. Ch- channeling it into something productive. Love it. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, Jules, where do you recommend they go? All right. If you want to get to know me, yeah. you can check out my podcast, Storytelling Secrets. Um, published twice a week, one solo and one with a guest, so you can learn. So the the, the website for that uh, that freebie, the five costly email mistakes, is just julesdan.com. So J U L E S D A N dot com forward slash email mistakes, one word. And uh, once you put your email in, you'll be thrown into Jules's world, and you'll see is this the right fit or not. And if it is, um, you'll get to know me a lot better. All right. That's great. Yeah. People can definitely use that. Just to let you know, listeners, Jules does create some really nice emails. So even if you hate getting emails from people, when you give them your email address, go ahead and get that and opt in for the email. So listen, uh, we have some more things we want to do with you. We have, we have our questions. Uh, I didn't tell you about yes. this, I don't think, but uh, we have the questions. I love surprises. Oh, perfect. Uh, so now it's time for the questions. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right, we're going to dare you to actually give us some honest answers on these. Now, this is kind of some improvisation here for you. We're going to surprise you. Yeah, yeah. And this is a way for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better, okay? And uh, my question here for today is Brenna. Yes, the fly on the wall is speaking. 
Um, if you could have a conversation with a famous person, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you talk about? Oh, okay. Um, can I have a bit of, can you edit the time to think? Of course. <laughs> I'll even and I'll probably even leave the part in where you ask about it. We and there's so many uh, make there's so many people. Wait, are you wait, um, so you're actually so this is interesting, Jules. Um you're having a difficult time coming up with this because there's there's too many for you to make a decision on it quickly, as opposed to yeah. not having any. Which is would be probably people would expect like you maybe somebody would uh delay because they wouldn't know or they wouldn't have one, right? Okay, I've, I've got a many. good one. All right, go for it. I've got a good one, and it's completely just curveball from everything, but it's more out of curiosity. And I've got his first name, but it's the Explorer Cortez. Have you heard of his story? Yeah. It's nuts. Really? Like, Why? Just, like what happened? Oh, just the amount of grit that guy had was ridiculous. And the, and how he invaded um, the Aztec city of what Mexico City is right now and just the levels that they went to to, to infiltrate that society far out, like insurmountable, just level of grit. Now we didn't want to get in his head. Well, they, didn't they like decimate the Mayan culture? Well, they did. Look, I'm not for violence and everything else, but okay. there's something to be gained from understanding, uh, you know, part of his wickedness. Okay. And use for good. Yeah. That's okay. Well, that's, I guess that's a good point. We, that was a curveball. You're right. You got more Brenna? Yes, I do. <laughs> we were both stunned. We're like, you bet Cortez. <laughs> that was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Second, second question. Who do people tell you that you look like? I get sometimes Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, but then other people will be like, you're not that good looking. I'm like, ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, that, that's probably the main one. It's a good one. All right, so here's uh, here's something new we're starting with you, Jules. As you probably know, I offer coaching services. So I thought, you know, how do I subtly promote my coaching services without really doing it? And I thought, if my guests are game, I'm going to ask them a coaching question. They get a chance to do a little improv and uh, sort of see what they can come up with. Are you game for this? Okay. Okay, here we go. Pretend you are three years in the future. And I want you to tell me about your amazing past three years since we spoke today. So you can imagine yourself three years from now calling me on the phone or we're on a Zoom call or whatever, or maybe we met somewhere. Do people, do Australians really say crikey? Or is that just like a U.S. <laughs> myth? <laughs> I don't think I've heard it outside of the Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. So you can. Crikey! <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah. So you could, so. You would say something like, oh, my God, Russ. Bloody or hell. Or something like that. Like, Yeah, bloody hell. There you go. Bloody hell, Russ. But it's good. It's positive, right? It's the great thing that happened over the past three years. You want to try it? All right. All right uh, yeah. It. So you want to paint that picture, so to, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. So it's you are three years in the future from today, right? And you're contacting me. Bloody hell, Russ. You won't believe this. And then just tell me, like, what your three years were like. What well, my three years were like. Right, okay. yeah. So this is your chance oh. to imagine your future, but you're telling Am me. Am I imagining the setting that I'm in or whatever. the results the last three years? There you go, both. Okay, cool. Because I, I visualize this most days. Um, so visualizing this place, it's like by the beach, um, nice forest around it. It's warm, uh, lots of animals you can hear. And I go upstairs in, in this giant room and there's this huge bookcase with a ladder that you have to get up to and, Nice mahogany desk, three screens, 
and a very tidy desk compared to what it is right now. Um, and there's three things, my agenda, wake up, go surfing, help people with, um, with their copy and talk to Russ. <laughs> that's, <the third> thing. <laughs> that's awesome right that's and, cool yeah and then i'm on the phone with russ and i'm like dude you wouldn't believe it and he's like what i just got my 1000th paid newsletter subscriber and it all started by thinking about that negative emotion right after that conversation uh, on that podcast can you believe that Thinking about that negative emotion. Oh man! Yeah, and so that that was that's continued to drive you for all those years. Yeah. Wow. Some call it insecure. I call it power. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, man. So it's really awesome spending some time with you today. I hope we get a chance to uh, talk again pretty soon. I really appreciate you coming on the on the podcast, Jules. I do enjoy your emails. Well, thanks, Ross, and thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciated having a chat with you. Yeah. Um, I like this conversational approach because some people would just like hard, fast, give me the strategies. Let's get out of here. So it was a good change. Well, thanks. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we've been trying to do. I think there's value in it. All right, Jules. Thanks a lot, man. It was so great uh, hanging out with you. I'm going to hit our outro music. That concludes another episode of going boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.